make me wanna It's Cameron Hoff with another episode of the KNS Podcast, and today is the way, way too early 53-man roster prediction for the Buffalo Bills. Steve, how's it going? It is, it is good. Um, we're obviously we have to address the elephant in the room. Obviously, it's uh, about a month later, but uh, Ed Oliver, <clears throat> thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, just a just a rookie, well, second-year mistake now, but I mean, can't be having that. But I think that just goes back to the. The culture that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have been trying to preach and build in Buffalo. You haven't seen many incidents like this, and uh, hopefully it's only this one isolated incident. And Ed's back on the field better than ever. Yeah, there's drunk driving, and then there's drinking while driving. Yeah, I guess he had an open beer can or beer bottle in the literally in the middle of his thighs when he was driving. So obviously not a good uh, good decision by the Ed, but. Uh, I don't know. There's talk that he might not even get suspended next year. It, it could be pushed back. It could ultimately just not end up being a suspension. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see how that we'll see how that plays out. Yep. So you said 53 man roster prediction. Yep. So uh, who do you got making the cut for the uh, for the quarterback room? Well, for the I got three deep at quarterback. I think we keep um, Barkley and Fromm as solidified backups. I don't know who would be the one, but obviously we keep Josh too. And I think we uh, we cut Davis Webb. Yeah, uh, I agree. I well, I actually don't agree. I, uh, I agree with the Davis Webb, but uh, I think Barkley. I think he's gone, and you know he's been in the system for. I think he's going on his third year now, and uh, you know he's a great backup presence to have. But I think Josh is hitting that point of hitting that point in his career where he can just kind of uh, you know learn on learn on the fly now. He doesn't need uh, a veteran to uh, you know learn behind. And Fromm, he's still a very very smart player. And if Josh needs help, I feel like Fromm can definitely help him if need be. Yeah, no, the only reason why I see Matt Barkley staying there for another year is you bring in a, a rookie in Jake Fromm coming out of this fresh draft class, and you got Josh Allen going into year three. Josh Allen is by no means ready <clears throat> to take on the full starting job, I think. I think he needs to – having Jake Fromm there as well as a veteran pre, uh, presence in Matt Barkley, Matt Barkley is going to help him both of those guys develop, not just Josh Allen, but Jake Fromm too, obviously. So now you got Jake Fromm who is – like literally contradicts every kind of play style that Josh Allen has. So now having that check and having that young, Josh Allen hasn't had that guy really behind him that, that's pushing for his job. Not saying Jake Fromm will, but now you got a guy, a rookie, does everything that you don't do in, in throwing the football, and now that kind of acts as a, uh, a check on Josh Allen. And I think that exploits, uh, or I think that you know helps him evolve into a better quarterback and ultimately becoming uh becoming what it, what he needs to be to lead this franchise to a, a great run in the playoffs yeah I, I i see where you're coming from there i just don't think that jake Fromm's really here to push josh allen push josh allen's starting job brandon bean talked about that in his presser after the draft he said that um from he said that it was just a board thing this guy was just sticking out on his board and then you just had to go get him basically but yeah you know, you, i, I you understand could, your train of thought yeah. for sure you could you could just look at it as that, or you could look at it as they took him. I mean, this guy's a was supposed to supposed to go pretty high in the first three rounds, and now he fell. He has a talent to do it, so just I think that's going to be in the back of Josh's mind too. I'm not saying Jake Fromm's going to ultimately just become the starter, but it's definitely going to help Josh Allen be, become a better quarterback. Yeah. So uh, for the running back room, I understand that you have a wild card. Yes, actually, I do. I think we uh, we go Christian Wade. Whoops, my fault. Christian Wade over T.J. Yeldon. 
I love the uh, I love TJ Yeldon's ability to catch it out of the backfield, but ultimately I think the Bills end up going like the 49ers did last year and go. Uh, they got this one, two, and three punch, and I don't think Christian Wade. I he sometimes he might not even suit up on a week to week basis, but he's there. And uh, Taiwan Jones, I got. I got Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, and Pat Demarco. I I love that young guy, Christian Wade. He uh, I guess during during throughout the season, the practice squad, he was uh, developing, developing, developing at a fast rate, coming from rugby to now football. So I would love to see what he does in training camp if. Also, like pending, we have it. But I would love to see what he does and uh, if he can make a push for this roster. I think personally, I think he makes it. Yeah. So uh, I got uh, Motor, and then I got Zach Moss, Taiwan Jones, and then my wild card, Reggie Gilliam. He's the fullback out of Toledo. The Bills signed as an undrafted free agent rookie, and uh, you know I see Patrick Demarco getting cut mainly mm-hmm. because he doesn't play a huge role in this offense, and uh, you know he's on he's on special teams, but Reggie Gilliam. Has a has a career uh, has solidified a career in special teams in college. He has six career blocked punts at Toledo, and I know it's Toledo, uh-huh. but still, that's a very eye popping stat. And I think Reggie Gilliam has a great shot, a very good shot at making this roster. Yeah, anytime you see a guy in the in the whether it's throughout the late rounds of the draft or even an undrafted free agent or a free agent in general, they come with that ability to play special teams. That's a that's a big eye opener for the uh, the staff and the uh, bean. I I honestly think that the Bills they they need to improve on the special teams end of the ball and 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 those type of those type of the plays what happens on special teams can ultimately cost you or win you the game. So it. That definitely will contribute to his his chance at making the roster, but ultimately, I think, I think we do keep Patrick Demarco in there at fullback and uh, and stick what's what's worked basically. Yeah, uh, veteran presence in the room too. You can't can't undervalue that. Yeah. So, uh, who do you got in the wide receiver room? Wide receiver room. All right. So I have a many people saw. I, I've seen this throughout the uh, the Bills community. I I see him keeping seven. I only see him keeping six. Six, and here's why. I got Cole Beasley, John Brown, Gabriel Davis, Stefan Diggs, Isaiah McKenzie, and Andre Roberts. The reason being is a lot of people also had Isaiah Hodgins uh, going, uh, staying on the, the roster, making the 53. But there's also, there's not just the, the wide receiver position on the offense, obviously. So we have to be able to keep depth at other other positions. If, if the Bills could make room, I could see them keeping Hodgins. But at the end of the day, he it does kind of stink that you have to put him on the. I am actually going to the practice squad, and we'll touch up on that at the end. But he brings that that additional height to this this short. I mean, we added uh, obviously Gabe Davis and and Stephon Diggs isn't all that tall, but he's just a great wide receiver in general. Yeah. But Isaiah Hodgins was uh, what is he six three six? I want to say I think six, I, I think Hodgins is six four and uh, six, Gabe four. Davis is six two six three. Yeah. Yeah. So six four. So you're you're losing that, but Andre Roberts, you can't deny it. Pro Bowl returner, um, it's just just a great, like I said, special teams is a big eye opener for these coaches. So, uh, and I mean he he's proven the ability to come in there and line up at wide receiver, get a couple snaps a game, and whether it just be blocking for an end around from McKenzie or not. But Andre Roberts is really the, that that wild card, so to speak, in that Bills offense. And then you get Isaiah McKenzie, and he's really that gadget guy. I strongly believe. It was always, you know, McKenzie Foster, McKenzie Foster. Well, I think McKenzie's got the edge just because of how fast he really is. And it, don't get me wrong, Foster was really fast. Foster was great when the Bills had him, but he started uh, last year necessarily just he didn't 
you know, you didn't, didn't really hear from him. Yeah. Play. You didn't hear him. You know, you didn't play to the the potential that he had. So I think that's why McKenzie gets the edge there. I mean, you got that McKenzie end around that's so dangerous. And uh, you got guys like uh, uh, John Brown and Gabe Davis. I mean, Gabe Davis has a, a legitimate shot at getting a decent amount of reps there now, the wide receiver position. So I see uh, you got that end around. Now you got guys out there blocking that are better. So I, all, all around, I think they keep six. There's obvious, Obviously, you can't rule out the potential of keeping seven and keeping edges, but I really think he just goes to practice squad and, he could have the chance to, you know, work his way up, go ahead of McKenzie or whatnot. But uh, right now, I think they go six. Yeah, um, I try to dispute that, but that's the exact same combination I have. And, I mean, you can't undervalue bringing a guy like Stefan Diggs. That just adds so much more talent to this wide receiving room. And it just pushes out a guy like Duke Williams and the Robert Fosters. And uh, you hate to see him go, but you'll also love to see this Bills team acquire more talent. Like getting yeah, a guy like Stefan Diggs. Actually, actually, I'm cutting cutting uh, Nick Easley, Robert Foster, Ray Ray, and uh, Duke. So, yeah. And we'll touch on the practice squad later, but a lot of those guys you'll see return to the practice squad. I, I do feel like, I mean, previous in previous years, the Bills were just makeshift at the wide receiver position. they just bring in any talent they could because they were so poor at it. And now we finally got that, that Stephon Diggs, that premier wide receiver. And then Cole Beasley, obviously one of the great slot receivers in the game. John Brown solidified number two. So I don't think it's really just trying to piece together that wide receiver. I think we have it, and we could build underneath it, build that depth. Yeah, so uh, the room that has been under fire a little bit, and I feel like it really shouldn't be the tight end room. Who do you got making the team? Uh, I have the I have there? a bunch of the, the two second-year tight ends, Dawson Knox and uh, Tommy Sweeney. I actually do think the Bills bring back Tyler Croft as and try to utilize him more as the uh, the pass blocking and the the run blocking tight end. Can sneak out for a, a, a pass once in a while. And Jason Kroom, a lot of people are forgetting about Jason Kroom when he when he did play. Josh Allen loved him. He loved Jason Kroom. He's he's proven the ability to go up and catch the ball as well as block as as good as any tight end in the game. So I think. He's he he has a chance to become the solidified starter for this team. It's either it's up to him or Dawson Knox for me. But I I am a big believer in Jason Kroom, and I think that's another potential wild card to uh, to really help this Bills offense out in a positive way. And I obviously see him cutting the with those guys keeping them. I see him cutting Nate, Nate Becker and Lee Smith, two guys that I just don't think will have have what it takes. I don't even think I have them on the practice squad. I think we keep four in the fifty active fifty three and and so be it. Go out from there. Yeah, that's the exact same group I have, and I think uh, I think Knox can be a real matchup nightmare. I know he had troubles with drops last year, but I don't really think that was a problem with his hands because at times he flashed spectacular catches. But I think it was a problem really with concentration and uh, not knowing when he was going to be utilized in the offense. But yeah, yep. I have I have Becker and Lee Smith, and you know Lee, he's a great veteran presence and he's a great culture guy, but he's old and he just had so many penalties last year, so many costly penalties too, like. Mm-hmm. Namely, the Patriots game. I think he had four or five, which is just—it's just unacceptable. You can't have that stuff from a veteran. So yeah, I, I have Knox, Sweeney, Croft, and, and Kroom all making the roster. Agreed. So uh, the offensive line. How many? Uh, how many guys you got at the, in the offensive line, and who you got? Well, uh, I'll start with the interior. I got a total of nine guys that we keep. Um, I like for the interior, the guards, like the centers. Obviously, John Feliciano, Spencer Long, Mitch Morrison, Quint Spain. I think we cut Evan Bame and Ike Bodger. And then at the tackle position, we keep Ryan Bates, 
be just because of his versatility. I think he. I think I read a stat. I'm not positive, but I think it was him that actually played every position on the offensive line. So that is a real, you know, decision like make make or break type of situation there when you see that stat or that you know that information about a guy when you're choosing who you keep. And then Deion Dawkins, obviously cornerstone left tackle. Cody Ford and Ty Nasecki. Um, I think we cut, uh, oh, and Daryl Williams, obviously my fault. I, I missed that, but I think we cut, uh, Victor Salaka on the, uh, in the tackle room too. So we keep nine, obviously you play five that, that leaves you with pretty good depth, but obviously not taking up too much of the roster. Yeah. Actually I'm taking t- or keeping 10 and I have, uh, from, you know, all the starters from last year, Dion, Quentin, Mitch Morris, Feliciano, Cody Ford, and Saki. He started a couple games last year. But then as like the rotational guys, I have Darrell Williams, who I think he might be able to really come in and, and uh, you know, push for a starting job. He was a former All-Pro, and uh, he really wasn't terrible at right tackle last year. He didn't play it a lot, but I think he can be a guy that pushes for Cody Ford and, and Seki's job. And then another guy that I thought was very interesting was Trey Adams. I see him making the roster barring any uh, significant injury because he was a projected day two pick, but uh, injuries just, just ravaged his career at Washington. And... Uh, mm-hmm. I think if he can stay healthy, he's a high upside guy. And then I also have him t- uh, keeping Spencer long. He knows the system. He's been there. And then uh, I have him Ryan Bates, too, the, the uh, position flexibility. You can't beat that. And McDermott loves guys that can, can kind of do both. Yeah, no, you piece all of it together, and it's a group with solid depth, but still a lot of questions at the top. So it's, it's interesting to see how that plays out. So uh, let's go to the trenches on the other side. Who do you have in the uh, defensive tackle room? Well, I actually put them all together, so I'll, I'll go off of that. Um, I got nine defensive linemen total, and I was keeping edge rusher at Mario Addison, tackle Vernon Butler, uh, edge AJ Epinesa, Jerry Hughes, Quentin Jefferson. I actually see them keeping Star Ludale for, let's pending the outcome of Ed Oliver's case with the NFL and how that plays out. I they I see them cutting Star before the season starts if Ed Oliver's good to go and if he doesn't I think they keep Star until Ed Oliver's good to go just because they have have that extra defensive tackle in there but Star Ludale is a huge cap hit and he doesn't perform to the to the amount we pay him so I that's therefore I think he's he's out of there I think we're we're shifting gears into the young the younger the younger stars that have the potential in the trenches and, and moving on from the old guys um and then uh, Trent Murphy I have us cutting him too that's those Star Ludale and Trent Murphy are two huge, massive cap hits to this Bills organization, which, truthfully, they're not worth it. And uh, they they have they have at times, you know, showed out. But in reality, we got to look at the big picture here, and and we're we're preparing for the future and in, in the long run. And these guys, I don't know if they can uh, they can stay with it. And then obviously Ed Oliver and Harrison Phillips, a lot of Bills fans may have forgotten about, but he has the potential to be almost that corner that 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 guy that that's not only just out there on the field performing at the level, but in the locker room, I think he really could lead that defense along with Tremaine and just get those guys going. I see a lot of Kyle Williams and Harrison Phillips, and and that's a great, great guy to be in that in that organization. And then Daryl Johnson, uh, that's uh, the defensive end. Just I, I I like his game, his ability to play special teams. I think helps him make the roster over uh, over those guys. So that's that's who I got my nine. And, uh, you know, obviously there's a couple there that I'll say later again, practice squad worthy. So uh, what do you got? 
So, uh, yeah, I got Vernon Butler at Oliver, Harrison Phillips, and I have him keeping star probably for the whole season. I just, I just don't see a situation where even if Ed did get suspended, they would keep him because I think they would still inherit that cap hit for 2020. So I, I'm not really sure that they would, they would do that. And then um, I also have him keeping Mario Addison, new signing, Epinesa, draft pick, Jerry Hughes. He was injured a lot last year. I feel like, I feel like Jerry, if he's fully healthy this year, he can really uh, – you know, be a more uh, be a more impactful player than he was uh, in 2019, and then mm-hmm. uh, also Quentin Jefferson. He has position flexibility along that defensive line. He can play defensive tackle or defensive end, which you know McDermott loves. That we've we've hit on that a bunch. He loves it. Mm-hmm. And then Daryl Johnson. You know, he's a very explosive player, but uh, I'm not sure his technique is all there. But I f- I feel like if uh, McDermott and Leslie Frazier and uh, Eric Washington, if they can hone his game in and really get his technique down, I feel like he can be a, a key player in this pass rush. And like you touched on, you know, special teams, you can't beat that. And uh, if he's if he's able to do that, that just adds on his uh, chances to make the roster. Yeah, and I mean, if we look at it, who's who's to say that a rookie can't teach a thing or, or, through, or two here or there? So I think uh, Epinesa is so, so heavily relied on his technique, which is a great thing. That also could help you know, Daryl Johnson, look at the way Epinesa does it. You know, you, you can't, you're not always learning from the old 35-year-old veteran. A lot of times you are, but you can also look at these rookies that are great at a specific thing, the reason why they were so high drafted, and look and say, oh, he does this with his technique. Maybe I can incorporate that in my game. So it, it's a lot of uh, interchangeable parts and whatnot, and, and how it pans out, I really can't tell you. But there's so much versatility at that in the defensive line that, they're, they're going to have a solid pass rush, I think. No, they have so many different combinations that they will try throughout the preseason and maybe in the first two weeks, and they'll get it figured out, and they'll they'll be a solidified group. Yeah, and, and also uh, hitting on like a guy like Vernon Butler and Harrison Phillips, those are two guys that I think that can really help this run defense because if there was an issue with this Bills defense last year, it was that run defense. And if those if we can shore that up, this defense will be even more lethal than it is what, than it was last year, and that would mean probably the number one defense in the league. Yep. So uh, who do you got in the linebacking room? I have them going relatively thin. A lot of teams like to keep six. I got them going five. And I got Tremaine Emmons, Voshan Joseph, A.J. Klein, Tyler Matovich, Matt, Matovich, I think I said that right, and Matt Milano. Uh, I see them cutting Tyrell Dotson, Delshawn Phillips, and Corey Thompson. I, uh, with keeping so many guys on the defensive line, and the, the way the Bills scheme their defense, they only, you know, you're going, some teams can even incorporate, you know, four linebackers and whatnot. I, uh, the Bills go three, two of them in coverage. I I don't see the, the need. I think Voshan legitimately has a chance around the table to be, become the starter. It's between A.J. Klein and Voshan Joseph. And then, obviously, Tyler Matovich, uh, Matt Tikovich, or I still don't know how to say his name. He, uh, his, like I said, special teams is just a huge part of his game in Quite frankly, I think that's what he's known best for. So he's definitely going to see some snaps on the defensive side of the ball in the rotation. But, you know, ultimately special teams is the big thing for the, these linebackers. And, and A.J. Klein does them well, and so does Tyler. Yeah, so uh, I got him keeping Milano, Tremaine, Medicavich, A.J. Klein, and uh, Voshan Joseph. You know, Voshan, coming out of college, he was a very, very explosive linebacker. But, you know, he got put on the IR and, like, one knock on him was uh, his missed tackling. But if he can shore things up and, you know, a year behind a guy like Lorenzo and learn behind Tremaine and Matt, I think that he can uh, come and be a real impact player. 
if his if his game was short, like those holes in his games were short up. And uh, Matt Cavage, he's a lock to make the roster. They they brought this guy in to be you know an ace on special teams, and I think he can really improve the special teams unit. And then AJ Klein, he's your classical uh, McDermott Bean culture guy. He's gonna be you know uh, he might take the uh, role of Lorenzo like what he had last year, but he's just gonna be a, a nice veteran presence in that locker room. So mm-hmm. I think I think that's why he makes the roster. Yep. And he also has familiarity with uh, Sean McDermott's defense. He's played in that system before in Carolina, before he went to uh, New Orleans. Yeah, for sure. So uh, who do you have in the uh, cornerback room? Well, I actually, another big wild card here, and, and the reason being is is what you briefly touched up on there uh, in the linebacker room is uh, the missed tackling. And I look at a guy, seventh round, I think, draft pick for the Bills this past year, in, in Dane Jackson. I... If if pending everything goes as playing with training camp and whatnot, I think he legitimately solidifies his spot on this team. And reason being, uh, EJ Gaines was him. I was going back and forth between those two. And EJ Gaines is, you know, he's done his he's done his job. Maybe not to the best, but he's done a pretty darn good job with the Bills. He's been on it now. This is his third season coming back with them, but he's been plagued by injuries, and I think that's going to cost him ultimately. I think EJ Gaines is a great practice squad guy and potentially could work work his way up over Dane Jackson. But Dane Jackson. His, his game is tackling, you know, that's, he's not going to come in. He's not going to start. He's not going to be guarding the number one wide receiver, but you know, getting the, getting snaps and getting reps. I, I like that Dane Jackson guy out of pit. And then I got Taron Johnson, Josh Norman, Levi Wallace, and Travis White. And also some teams also go six cornerback and it, it all depends on like, I mean, the bills are taking four tight ends. Usually you only see three. So it's, it, the bills are going to go a little bit different here in off script, but ultimately you also look in the safety room and uh, we're going that next. I don't want to get too far ahead, but Serene Neal, Serene Neal can go also play your nickel corner for you. So you got a lot of versatility on this defense is what you'll notice. And a lot of versatility on the offense as well. So that's that's the great thing about having it opens up different opportunities for for more players and it gives them gives more chances towards players in different positions in different you know I mean you see versatility becoming a such a great thing in this game nowadays I mean the ability for quarterbacks to be able to run and bust out 90 yard touchdown runs uh, Taysom Hill to, to be able to come in and play tight end quarterback and do it all so uh, versatility is a big big thing nowadays in the, in this game so I like I like. Dane Jackson, Taron Johnson, Josh Norman, uh, Levi Wallace, and Tredavious White at the quarterback position. Yeah, I got Trey White, Levi Wallace, Josh Norman. Uh, I put Saran in the cornerback room because I feel like he played more of that nickel role than safety last year. Mm-hmm. I actually have EJ Gaines making the roster, and I also have uh, Taron Johnson making the roster. Taron played that slot role for us last year. He covered slot guys, but a lot of times last year he struggled, and he, he struggled against Edelman last year, which – Obviously, that's a very tough coverage to have. I mean, Julian Edelman, he's a premier slot guy in this league. And then uh, I think Norman really has a resurgence in his career this year. I think that, uh, you know, his best years were in Carolina when he was playing under Sean McDermott. And I think another year in the system, he might be uh, playing at an all-pro level, possibly. He's even stated that he thinks he's going to be an all-world player. So I don't see uh, any reason he doesn't return to, you know, to what he almost used to be. But so, yeah, I have six guys, and then I have three guys in the safety room. Who do you have in the safety room? Don't want to jump ahead. I actually have, I have four safety guys. Uh, I got the Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, obviously. One of, those two put together could be the best tandem in the NFL in the, in the secondary, I think, for the safety position. I got I put Serena Neal as a safety because he is listed as one. And although he does play a lot of the nickel, he does come off a safety blitz here or there and whatnot. And, and the majority of the time, 
at least in the out of his his tenure in Buffalo, he's played safety. So I have him safety, and then I got Dean Marlowe too. Dean Marlowe, uh, not yeah, I don't know how to put Dean Marlowe on there. It's Dean Marlowe is, is he's just a guy, a guy that, that seems to make the roster all the time. Yeah, he makes he he's quiet. You know, you don't hear Dean Marlowe making the big plays, but you don't ever hear him missing a tackle. You know, you don't ever hear him doing the bad thing necessarily. So Dean Marlowe is just that all around quiet guy. Gets in there, gets his job done, gets out the the blue collar mindset. And I think that really is a reason why they keep him. It's just to, you know, model how he acts on that football field in the locker room. So Dean Marlowe, I think, makes it too. And I'm cutting Jaquan Johnson. And obviously, again, I'll touch on it again, practice squad. I I think Jaquan Johnson goes there. So, uh, yeah, I got three guys. I have, uh, obviously, Poyer. Just signed him to a big extension. High. He's got two more years left on his deal. And then uh, I have Jaquan Johnson over Dean Marlowe, honestly. I mean, Jaquan Johnson, he's just a guy that I think McDermott seemed to like. He played special teams last year. He uh, He's not the most explosive guy, but he's very smart. And I think that he just fits the McDermott, uh, McDermott system. But all, I, I also see a situation where Dean Marlowe can make this roster for sure. I mean, he's been here for the last, I think, two or three years. And, and he, he, he does he also has, play a big role in special teams. So yeah, he, 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 he hasn't been a key contributor on defense, but, you know, he can come in and definitely uh, definitely help out. I think two years ago, Micah Hyde had a neck injury and uh, caused him to miss one game, and Dean Marlowe stepped right in against the Titans and, you know, played a, played a nice game. So uh, who do you have on the special teams unit making the roster? You know, before I, I touch on this, I just want to say you look at all these uh, these guys, and, and when it comes to picking out your roster, obviously you got your guys that are going to go out there and play their position, but then you got a lot of these guys that add the special teams aspect, and we keep touching on that, keep bringing that up. I think the Bills are going to find ways to win games now. They got that mindset of win, 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 whether it be defense, whether it be offense, or like Belichick always says, is win it with special teams. They're going to, the Bill, the Bills special team is going to be a top three unit in the NFL next year. I truly believe that because, you know, you got your, you got your, your tacklers. Bills have, a, a, have proven they have an issue with tackling, and I think they found a way to fix that now. And they, they find a way to, to you know, they had the best return game, maybe not so, you know, even as much as Roberts even just taking it back out to 25. You say, some people say, why uh, why kneel it? Well, there's always, if you kneel it, there's not a chance. There's no chance he can break out for a touchdown. At least he's attempting to, and he's still getting positive yards. They're the most return yards, by the way. So I think the Bills, you're going to see that special teams play a big factor in the, the contributing success to uh, to this offense. So it's all about start, the starting field position, I think. It opens up so many different opportunities. So now to the specialist. I got... I actually am in sticking what what has worked in the past, and uh, Corey Bavorkas. I know a lot of guys like Kair Vedvik, and again, uh, <clears throat> practice squad. But Corey Bavorkas, until proven otherwise, Vedvik is just like another Bavorkas, and I, and personally, I think it's he's just a little bit worse than Bavorkas. That's not, not no knock or no no, you know disrespect to Vedvik. I just think Corey Bavorkas being in the Bills organization for as long as he has. Obviously, hasn't performed as a top ten punter, but definitely manageable. Reed Ferguson, the long snapper, and then House Money. Uh, obviously, he's been in there. I, you, you love to see Tyler Bass come in, and, and we actually drafted him, and for the reason not too many kickers get drafted here or there, but occasionally they do. And Tyler Bass has proven he's got the leg. I mean, you've seen his videos; he's kicking seventy yarders, one steps. So Tyler Bass will eventually become the kicker of this franchise. 
But just like how any position works, you learn behind a veteran presence usually, and uh, it's it's definitely hard now. If there's one pos- position you can make the argument where you don't have to, it'd be the kicker. But I still I still do like Stephen Hauschka there as our, our kicker. Maybe that changes throughout the season as it progresses, but for week one, I think you see Stephen Hauschka out there kicking the field goals. I mean, yeah, the only problem I really have with that is you said Bass is the, the kicker of the, uh, the franchise uh, after Hauschka, but I mean... You look at a guy like Chase McLaughlin last year. We caught him, and then he goes and gets signed by, I think it was the Chargers first and then the 49ers, and he was making big kicks on Monday Night Football. So I think if we cut Bass, then that's going to lead to other teams possibly getting him, and he's a really high upside kicker. But uh, So I actually have four guys making the special uh, the special teams unit. I have Hauschka, Bass, Vedvik, and uh, Ferguson. And, uh, you know, I'm going to keep Hauschka because I think that he's still very, very accurate under 40, 45 yards, say. Mm-hmm. But uh, he showed that he can't really make the kicks over 50 yards. And Bass has a absolute cannon for a leg, and I think he can kick those 50 to 65 yards. And I also think he can be the kickoff guy, too. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, every team's going to end up kicking a 50-yard field goal here or there. Every every team's going to have to kick that long field goal. But if you're – if you build your team around that, you know, you know for a fact you're going to be settling for those kicks and whatnot. That's just not a good, uh, you know, recipe for success. So I think the Bills go house can only go one kicker just because they have to, and ultimately you have to have the mindset, we're going to score a touchdown every drive. Obviously that's, there's no way that's not ideal, but you have to have that mindset. And even if it's getting stopped, a lot of what the Bills issue was last year, as a matter of fact, is getting the ball off of a turnover and not be, you know, converting it into three points. And, and some of the kicks obviously were hard for, for Hauschka because like you touched on, he can't kick it that far. But ultimately this, this offense has to find ways to get the ball in the end zone, put up six points instead of three. Hopefully seven if the kicker makes the extra point. But yeah. what I'm what I'm trying to say here is is you can't go in and obviously you have to have that that card in your back pocket. Let's go kick the field goal. But I think Hauschka is definitely manageable in that situation. That you won't see this Bills offense. I I think too uh, too far out past the past the forty kicking field goals. It's either you know even with Josh Allen's the new ability to the quarterback run, you you'll see a lot more like. McDermott going for the fourth and twos, the fourth and threes, and and whatnot. Uh, Josh Allen has proven he can. He, I mean, you look at the Cowboys. He, he fumbled the ball and, and picked it up and still got the first down. So there's a, there's a lot of fight in these guys, and you're gonna see a lot more touchdowns for the Bills' offense this year. So that's why I think we only go one one kicker. Yeah, I just think Bass gives you the best opportunity to make a kick over 50 yards. But I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see how he performs in training camp. And you know, there's nothing like real game bullets like. If it comes to a game-winning kick, God forbid, and he is out there, if he makes it, he's clutch. And if he misses it, you know, we put him on the cross and crucify him. So I mean, yep, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, I have I have Vedvik making the roster. Bahorquez, he's just uh, he's had his you know he's had flashes of greatness. I'm not gonna lie. Like he had a kick in the in the Eagles game where uh, he kicked it about like 60 yards with the wind dead in our face. We were at that game. It was mm-hmm. windy as heck. And I mean. It was a great kick, but you also have these times where he's punting at like 17 yards. You can't have that. And I think Vedvik gives you a. Uh, I'm to be honest, I've never seen this guy kick before, but I think that uh, he gives a consistency aspect that the Bills special teams unit has been missing with Corey Bajorquez. And then Reed Ferguson, he's a lock. I mean, I don't even think we have another uh, long snapper uh, on the roster, so obviously he's going to make the squad. Yeah, you look at the punter position. There's very few positions. Well, every every position requires consistency, but relies on it the most at the quarterback position, position and the punter position. You know, you need consistency. And Bavorquez really hasn't flashed that yet. 
But uh, again, having that that presence behind him, having that, all right, you need to go, you need to kick it into the second gear, you need to show us that you're worthy of making this roster. That Bavorka is is gonna, I think, ultimately pull out and, and win the the jab there. Uh, so practice squad. <clears throat> did you uh, did you happen to uh, look into that? Oh uh, no, I didn't. But I mean, I I think in, like guys that are gonna make the practice squad probably are gonna be like the Robert Fosters, probably Ray Ray, Nick Easley. Um... Christian Wade, just like just some some guys that have been on it before, and guys that I know that if we pull up, barring an injury or anything, they can come in and you know do a serviceable job if need be. Yeah, I just got a couple of, uh, I got one Cam Lewis, a cornerback. There's yep. a couple of guys in here where I think you can put them and make the case. Isaiah Hodgins, uh, Corey Thompson, the linebacker, Tyrell Dodson, the linebacker, uh, Ray Ray Duke, um, Dane Jackson, or not Dane Jackson, my fault, Jaquan Johnson. Uh, Evan Bame. I pending that all these guys don't go sign with other teams. I uh, I really think that uh, I I really like Cam Lewis there, especially like the cornerback room for the the Bills is one that's the most questionable right now. I think, and uh, ultimately, don't rule out a, the potential of a, a guy from the practice squad coming up and uh, making run to start. So we'll see what how this all pans out. But that's the uh, that's my fifty three man with the practice squad. I mean, yeah, training camp hasn't even started yet. and uh, So, I mean, they're not having that at St. John Fisher this year. They're having that at One Bills Drive, which is going to be pretty cool. But we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, it's KNS Podcast. Make sure you go follow us on Instagram uh, at KNS underscore pod. Uh, follow us on Twitter at KS Podcast 2. And uh, thank you for listening, and uh, go Bills. Go Bills.